Do you love to talk about books? Do you wonder how authors build their stories? Each month, I'll take you on the journey of discovering how authors work. Listen to how writers explain their craft and the mission behind their writing with the nature of authors. I'm your host, Chrissy Holm. Let's talk books. It's time to get some deeper insights from our guest, Demyante Biswas, author of You Beneath Your Skin. Today, we're talking about crime fiction and nature versus nurture. Hi. Hi. How's it going? All great, as you can see, sunlight outside my window here in Singapore. Lovely. It's nine-ish there? Nine nine a.m., yeah. It's nine a.m. Very cool. I love that we're connecting and we're totally on opposite, I would say opposite sides of the pond. I don't know if that's a good saying, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're in, yeah, thanks to the pandemic, we can now be online and Instagram lives are a thing. And here we are. Yes. Lovely to be here, Chrissy. Fire away. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you were able to join us and to be a part of Chris about the crew. <laughs> so and I wanted to ask you a would you rather? And the question is, would you rather have unlimited money for ebooks or $5,000 okay. for physical books? $5,000 physical books. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think I would probably answer the same. I, I, there's something about a physical book that is just... Yeah, and unlimited ebooks are only going to depress me because they're going to remind me of my mortality. I'm going to buy all those books and never be able to read them. That is so true. <laughs> yes, spoken like a dark crime writer. <laughs> yeah, right? I love it. Oh, I can't wait to dive into more of our questions here tonight or this morning. <laughs> I like nature. Nature is a big part of who I am as a person and just kind of my ambiance, I guess. And so I usually start off with a nature icebreaker kind of question, and then we'll dive more into the books. So what is your favorite season and why? (laughs) Well, it is a difficult question for me because out here in Singapore, we're in the tropics. So we have no seasons. I have forgotten what seasons are like. Seasons are kind of like punctuation to time. So you kind of figure out like from fall to winter, from winter to spring and spring to summer. And we don't have that here. But my favorite definitely is spring because that's when all the flowers come out. And suddenly one day what was just branches suddenly bursts into flowers. And especially in Asia, we have these limited times during which also in Japan, where we have these flowers that bloom only in that week and you chase flowers from the top of north of Japan all the way to the bottom of Japan and the cherry blossoms keep blooming and all Japanese are crazy about it because there's a particular forecast so they tell you this is the time and it is out of this world because they have these temples, these lakes and then cherry blossoms so it feels absolutely divine but of course there's something beautiful about each season. I wouldn't know much because I'm here in Singapore. It rains every day and it's hot every day. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. That's a good call out. I didn't even think about it when I was formulating that question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I've heard that. So my mom used to live in Miami, Florida, and they would get rain every day, but it was 
10 minutes maybe like that yeah so yeah, yeah 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 we did have rain a while ago and now it's sunny outside and i'm praying it's not too sunny because I've, i just decided i don't need any lights i'll just sit by the window and talk so if it becomes too sunny i'll be like sweating yeah <laughs> right oh that's hilarious and now those flowers thing before i ask my next question i just hearing that about the flowers in japan like that would be my i'm a I'm a flower person, so that would be amazing to just... There's a song that I listen to every now and then. It's like Chasing the sun, Sunset, I think it's called. But it makes me think maybe there should be a song called like Chasing Flowers or whatever. Yeah, but, they do call it... I forgot the Japanese word for it, but they have a sakura season. Sakura is the flower. They're pink blossoms, like vibrant pink. And there are no leaves on the trees at that time, only flowers. And when they fall, it feels like a grace or blessing because you stand beneath the tree and you kind of feel like, I don't know if you believe in religion or whatever, but it feels like there's something more wondrous than you. So, yeah, so that definitely is, that's something to experience, especially if you're a nature lover. I would definitely recommend the Sakura season in Japan. Once we are out of this global situation, we're all struggling with. But yeah. Japan is a wonderful place to go anyway, any season. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will add that one to my list because that sounds incredible. But thank you so much, Namati. I'll go to the next question that I have. And it's kind of a rapid fire game type thing. It doesn't have to be super fast, but all you have to do is yes or no. Okay. Have you ever read more than one book at a time? All the time. <laughs> that's the only way I can read books I have to read more than one I can't focus on just one oh, that is talented <laughs> what are you reading right now I am reading The Reacher the by Tana French The Searcher I am reading what else am I reading I'm rereading Octavia Butler's Kindred I just finished Normal People by Sally Rooney I am reading a fantasy series, which I'm forgetting the name of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, The Paper Magician. So all of that at the same time. (laughs) That's impressive. You know, it's kind of all across the board. So I read something in the morning, something after lunch and something at night. And there are usually three different books. So that's how. I like that you're kind of like varying it depending on the time of day type of a thing. Do you listen or like to listen to audiobooks? Oh, absolutely. I discovered audiobooks last November when I couldn't focus on any reading and I just went with it. When the Crawdad Sing was my first book and I haven't looked back. So every time I go on a walk or I'm doing my chores, loading the dishwasher, anything other than vacuuming, <laughs> I am on my audiobook. I love that. And do you have a hard time like focusing on the book? I know. Or do you pretty much like retain what's being said? If I'm sitting in one place, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, right now I'm focusing on you. So, but I need the visual, but if it was just the audio, I find myself getting distracted. So I can't sit in one place. So even on the phone, I have to keep walking. Otherwise I lose track of the conversation. There's something about my brain, which is, you know, likes to do two, three different things at the same time. So if I'm not doing chores, then I can't focus. But if I'm doing chores, I can, focus on the chore or I can focus on cooking and listening to the book at the same time. But if I sit here like that, I cannot focus. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I am totally that same way. I, I've i tried to listen to an audiobook, but I, I find myself, I want to sit just because when I think of reading, I sit and I'm like, I can't do that. I gotta, gotta move yeah. around. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then we'll do one more and then we will move into more about your book. Have you ever been in a book club before? Yes, several. I started one during the pandemic. That hasn't been going so well because we are all over the place and we have a Zoom book group now during the pandemic, which has been a pleasure whenever we can get together. But I'm all about book groups and book clubs and even on Facebook, all the book groups that you can think about, I join them because even if I can't read all the books I want to read, I can at least read what other people think about those books. I'm a bit of a nerd. I know. I love that. I think that's great because then even if it's something that you might not, I mean, maybe you're interested in it, but it kind of gives you like that cliff notes version. Yeah. And you find books that you would not pick up normally. I can't again remember the author, but there's this book that I read recently. This is how you lose the time war. It's a love story between two alien women on different sides of time. And that's something, that's a kind of sci-fi I would not have read. But I just read it. It's a short novella. And I just saw it in a book group. And I thought, oh, this looks interesting. And when I picked it up, it was amazing. And Singapore National Library has all the books. They never not have a book. So I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah. That's incredible. And it's always nice having access to different genres and variety of books makes it a little bit easier in that sense. But yeah. I mean, that's really, that's cool. And I I love that it was just so, I don't know if I'll really like this, but it ends up being really incredible. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, because sometimes you're within your comfort zone and you think this is what the kind of thing I like, but if you stay open, then you might be, you know, receptive to other things and it just broadens your outlook somehow and your comfort zone widens. So it's all good. Oh, 100%. I think that's the beauty of reading is to not only like gather more empathy, I don't, I don't know if you gather empathy, but just to become more empathetic or, but in addition to like learning different storytelling techniques and just to think a little bit outside the box, I guess. Absolutely. The beauty of writing. Absolutely. Or reading. Absolutely. And writing, I guess. <laughs> yes. All right. True. Let's talk a little bit more about your book and maybe if you want to just kind of give a little bit of a synopsis of You Beneath Your Skin and tell us kind of where we can find it. We'd love to hear that. Okay, so here goes. I don't know if you can see it. This is You Beneath Your Skin. And this is a novel set in New Delhi about a woman who suffers an acid attack and amongst the background of serial killings that are happening in Delhi. And she's a single mother, has a son with autism, and more or less, this is her story. So, And the proceeds of this book go to Acid Attack Survivors and to Project Y. So if you check on Instagram, they are Project Y Delhi, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-W-H-Y and Delhi. And you have Stop Acid Attacks. They are also on Instagram. So the proceeds go to them. So every time you buy a copy of the book, whatever I'm supposed to get goes to them. But of course, the publisher does not donate the entire money, but my cut goes to them. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I, I think that's super incredible. 
So in addition to like buying your book, is there a way anybody can like help support the cause? Oh, absolutely. Just go to these accounts, Project Y Delhi, and go to Stop Acid Attacks. If you go to my profile, you will find posts about them. And they have on their uh, links, they will have ways to donate. And it really, really helps because acid attack survivors often go through a lot of surgeries and interventions because the entire face is burned, sometimes no ears are burnt off, the esophagus is burnt off. So they need a lot of reconstructive surgery first to get the function back. And then they need a lot of aesthetic surgery. Like the treatment is exactly the same as for burn injuries. And it happens to them like in 10 minutes, their whole life has changed, right? But these women, they are fighting back. They are going and advocating for themselves, for other women. And I think during the pandemic, it's very difficult for them because surgeries are expensive. So some of them have like 18% vision. And when I say 18, I mean one eight. So it's kind of hard for them. So yeah, and you know, anything helps. So like $5, $10, anything for their cause really helps because dollars go a long way in India. So definitely like Project Y Delhi and Stop Acid Attacks, please go and support them. Even if you don't buy my book, that's just fine. It's much better you go and support them directly because they just definitely need it more. Yeah, no, I think I love that you are bringing the awareness to this issue. And and I can speak for myself being in America. I didn't even know stuff like that was happening. So it's pretty eye-opening to me and maybe to other people in America or anybody that's watching this there's different people from all over the world maybe watching this but i think in writing your story and sharing it's really just important to keep some of those victims in mind so yes and survivors are everywhere we see it's not even true that it's happening only in asia it happens mm-hmm. in the uk there have been cases in the us as well because you know an acid is simple as drain cleaner and the penalties are very low because nobody ever thinks that somebody is going to bait someone else with drain cleaner mm-hmm. and then that burns them completely. So it happens all over the world, really. And it happens to women mostly, but also to men. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, that's something I definitely need to read up on more and keep learning about it. So thank you for you sharing those resources and donate and help support the cause. That's to everyone. So we'll kind of move to the next question. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what you said a little bit. So the world does need a change, whether it's with kind of what you're saying with like acid attacks and stuff or whatever it may be. And I know that's typically why I'm trying to learn more and I try to connect with different people that I might not typically connect with. And I try to listen a little bit more. So, and that's why I write. So that was my long-winded way of saying that's why I write and learn. So what would you say is your main reason for writing? Do you feel like there's a bigger purpose behind your writing? I simply write because I can't help it. 
if I didn't write, I would still write. And if I didn't write, even then I would still write. So I can't help writing. So I keep writing. I did not begin life as a writer. I had no ambitions of being a writer. I kind of got married, went to Malaysia. My husband said, you have to do something because, you know, I was driving him nuts because I'd always earned my keep. And now that I was jobless, I was like, really, <laughs> it wasn't great for our marriage. So he said, maybe you should just write something. And I started off with that. And once I went to a creative writing workshop and that was it. And now I can't stop writing. So I keep writing. I don't know if my writing has a bigger purpose. I don't mean to inspire anybody. I don't mean to do any big things. But I just feel like there are stories and it interests me because human beings are some of the kindest, the most compassionate people, the most beautiful creatures on planet Earth. But they're also the ugliest, the most evil and this broad spectrum really fascinates me. Why do people do what they do? What makes them do what they do? And for example, as a crime writer, what is the nature of evil and nature versus nurture? And always whenever I hear somebody who does something which I would never consider doing, I want to go back and look at their childhood. I want to go back and look at their parents, their circumstances. What makes a person do what they do? So then that also becomes a reason for why I write stories, but no big purpose. I think that's great. I love the thought process and like the depth that you go with even thinking about like a character, for example, is interesting because I know that's something that I typically do too, is I'm always thinking like, okay, what is that person's story? What was their childhood like? And you can come up with these ideas in your head, which is a unique perspective in the sense that you're kind of evolving it to crime fiction. So that kind of leads me to my next question is, what would you say is the most important element of crime fiction? Is it like the plot? Is it the characters? What would you say? Well, I didn't know about what is the most important element of a crime fiction. That's embarrassing to say as a crime author, because to me, I never set up to be a crime author. The books ended up being crime books. But what I find is essential for any book, I think, is the characters, is the people. Because I feel no matter which book you read, if the character is somebody that you can empathize with, whose journey you follow, who you care about one way or the other, like they're so evil, you want them dead, you they are so good that you want nothing to happen to them, or they are gray and you don't know where you are, or you feel, oh, this is someone like me. Because I think stories are essentially experiences that we all go through because we can't go through all the experiences in the world but stories are our I think human civilization was built on stories because that's how you can imagine that's how you can consider like oh you can swim across this river you can you know you set off on the ocean with just a small kayak thing but that's only because you have fiction, because if you did not have that imagination, because I remember reading somewhere that the Neanderthals, based on the remains that we see, they didn't seem to be a very imaginative people. And Homo sapiens survived because they were more imaginative. So stories are what happened to people and a person's desire. They are about people. So for me, it's very important the characters are the most important thing. And of course, in a crime story that leads to plot, you can't just have vignettes about characters. But for sure, characters are important. Like nobody would forget once they have watched Hannibal Lecter, 
they will not forget Hannibal Lecter as a character. They may not remember who he ate and how he ate them, but they will remember him. They will remember him. Yeah. So that's what makes stories memorable, I think, memorable characters. Yeah, I mean, that's such a good analogy, too. It's You might not know the story too much or, like, what happens, but you know who that yes. person is. Uh, yes. that's so great. So would you say for your book, You Beneath Your Skin, when you first started writing it, did you know it was going to be crime fiction when you first started writing it? And then on that same vein, too, is with characters, did you decide like one character is going to be like Hannibal Lecter? Obviously not that in that situation because your story is different. So I started writing You Beneath Your Skin in 2012 after, I think, an event of violence against women that happened in India, which kind of shook up all of India. We call it still the Nirbhaya case, the case of the Braveheart. Like this woman was gang raped by five men for the crime of taking a bus at 8 p.m. in the evening along with her boyfriend. And her assault left her intestines on the street. And of course, she died very slowly, very painfully. The whole nation kind of, you know, went up in candle marches. And it made me feel very helpless. It made me feel like I could really identify with her because I had walked that very road where it had happened in New Delhi. Mm -hmm. So I started writing and I think I went through about 15 drafts of the novel. I didn't know what I was doing. So every time it was something else. And You Beneath Your Skin kind of taught me how to write a novel. When I was writing it, I had no clue what I was doing. I honestly had no clue. I didn't know till about the third or the fourth draft that it was a crime novel because I won this mentorship at the University of Birkbeck. And um, the head of their MA course, Julia Bell, she was like, Damianti, what do you think you're writing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm writing a novel. And she's like, yeah, but what kind of novel? I said, it's a novel. It's a novel about a woman. And there are these other women who die. And there is this police inspector. And he's investigating these cases. And it's a novel. And she's like, what sort of novel? Is it fantasy? Is it a children's novel? And I was very disappointed to understand that it was actually a crime novel. I thought I was writing like really like a very literary kind of a thing. And I thought like writing crime novels like those days, I thought was way beneath me. And <laughs> it was very funny, really. I had no clue what I was doing. That is, no, that is, that is too funny. Like... <laughs> What do you think it is? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. And I had no clue. I didn't know what I thought. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was sad for a week thinking, oh, my God, I'm writing a crime novel. Really, is that what you want to do? But yeah, uh, looks like I did write it. Here it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I, I love it. So that's why I because it's like, you have an idea and it just keeps going with it, keep going with it. And then it ends up being something that you totally did not expect it to be. <laughs> um, would you write another crime novel or are you writing another crime novel or anything like that? I have written another crime novel and I just signed a two book deal with Thomas and Mercer. So my next crime novel is coming out in fall 2022 and It'll be there. <laughs> Sounds like I'll have a book. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. Do you have like an idea of where you're going to take the story and the book? 
Oh, it's already written. It's oh, it's already being, written. Yeah, it's being edited. I'm writing the sequel now. So the first book, because when you query agents, you cannot query with an unfinished book. So I had to finish the book before I could query. Right. So. Got it. Cool. Well, that's so exciting. Yeah. And congratulations. Thank um, you. So you have your book, Andy. Do you have a favorite like line or paragraph that you could read to us from your book? I'll just read a paragraph. And this is with the protagonist, Anjali. who is going into a morgue right now in this scene she is going into a morgue because her boyfriend who is a police commissioner of crime wants her to look at the body she's a psychologist she's not a forensic psychologist but he is trying to do something which is a bit under the radar he doesn't want his boss to know so he is sending his girlfriend to look at a dead body and that's what she's doing here okay. so i'll cool. just read you like a short paragraph perfect thank you drawing her scarf closer about her neck anjali stepped out of kusum's jeep at the safdarjan mortuary the sooty air made her cough the chill about her face like the touch of a spiteful ghost light yet unmistakable in its malign intent it was far colder where she was headed A harshingar still blooming in early November had left the carpet of stale flowers on the ground beside the entrance. Nikhil loved to crush the orange stems of the tiny white flowers. He was the one who had taught her its name. Daylight had dwindled and at this run-down building behind the main hospital, Anjali heard no sound other than the distant chitter of roosting birds in the trees bordering the parking lot. Yeah. Wow. That's so oh wow that's incredible. You got such good description and there's just oh I can't, I can't even describe it. There's just so much to it. <laughs> I know I don't even know. I can't even think of words right now but Wow. No, thank you. No, Delhi is supposed to be a character, so I was very very keen on describing it because the novel I felt could not happen in any other city, so I wanted Delhi to be very much a presence in the novel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think you got that across and oh, I'd love to keep reading more. I mean, that's super intriguing. So, thank you. And what was your first crime fiction book that you read? If you remember, I remember reading Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. It's a horror-filled book, but it's also a beautiful book and I was like, "Oh my god, you could write crime like this." And it's a true crime book and he is describing real people committing real carnage and blood and gore and everything. But with language so precise and so lyrical that it made it like a quentin tarantino movie <laughs> like yeah. that on paper so if if you know what i mean yep, so absolutely. yeah i i was very impressed so yeah that was the first book very cool yeah those quentin tarantino movies like so it'd be oh that'd be fun to read in, in writing it'd be I don't know if fun is the right word but it'd be interesting. <laughs> yes, it's definitely fascinating. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And then my last question is if somebody was new to that genre, what would you suggest where to start with crime fiction? 
Well, it depends on your threshold for violence and gore, because crime fiction does have the ugly side of humanity. But if you'd like to start off light, then maybe start with the cozy genre and pick up a bunch of Agatha Christie and see if what you feel like it's it's a bit more cerebral. And then maybe move on to slowly go on to other genre. But if you watch gory movies, begin anywhere. Start with a Lee Child movie or a Dugoni. <laughs> it really depends on what you look for in crime fiction. I find that different people go to crime fiction looking for different things. Some people go in because they want to solve who did it and they don't necessarily want to see the dead body and you know they don't necessarily want to know why and all of those things they just want to know the clues what happened and why it happened and then 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 so it's like a puzzle thing for them other people go in there the way i do is to understand people because i think crime kind of tears the fabric apart at the seam so you can see you can turn it around and you can see beneath you know what makes people do what they do some do it because they purely like the fact that you can get through it very fast it's spacey and for 5 hours or 6 hours it takes you away somewhere so it really depends on what you want to do with your crime fiction but yeah these would be my suggestions thank you no that's so great and you're right i think going into any genre really you just have to know what you want to get out of it and it sounds like with like crime fiction a lot of it is it's either like a puzzle with clues or like a puzzle behind people's mindset and it's kind of like you're learning about whether it's like you said the clues or if it's people's thinking or where they came from or what not all right if you want to just say again where we can buy your book and then we'll wrap up here Well, you can buy You Beneath Your Skin on Amazon, I think, all over the world, wherever you want. So it's there on Amazon. The Kindle version, the paperback version, I think, is available in the U.S. and the U.K., but I'm not sure in other countries. But the Kindle version is available wherever Kindle versions are available. And uh, as I said before, the proceeds go to Project Y Delhi and Stop Acid Attacks. Both of them are on Instagram, and you can find them on my profile. Please go and support them because I think they deserve our support because they have seen the ugly side of humanity. They could do with some beauty, and they could do with some compassion. and thank you so much if you do decide to help them out absolutely yes and thank you again for bringing this awareness to people that might not have heard of it before or even if you have just continuing to support that cause so thank you again dimati so so much for coming here and i appreciate your time so much and it was really great to talk with you a little bit more in face to face Thank you so much for having me here and it's been lovely chatting with you and I know when we meet in real life we'll have lots of things to talk about because we're both nature lovers both love books both believe in supporting good causes so I really hope we catch up in real life someday on the other side of this pandemic and please stay safe take care and cheers yes cheers everyone thank you so much have a lovely evening or morning or good night and we'll see you next time Want to learn more about the world of writers? Subscribe to The Nature of Authors on your favorite podcast platform. Have a burning question you'd like to ask upcoming guests? 
reach out at www.chrissyholm.com. I'm Chrissy Holm, and until next time, keep reading, writing, spending time in nature, and dreaming up new worlds, my friend.